So good morning and welcome back to the Live and Learn series. This is episode three. Thank you for everyone uh, joining us. We're just waiting for the room to finish up and get everyone into our lively energy. I hope you've all got your coffees ready and had your breakfast. Um, today, as you've seen, we're gonna be talking about everything to do with SEO. What on earth is it? How do we optimize it? When should we be seeing results? Um, and the reality of how to approach SEO compared to every other channel that would sit in the marketing mix. So thank you everyone for joining us this morning, bright and early. I encourage you all to jump into the chat, tell us what industries you're in, and really importantly, tell us what you think people search for to find you, because this is a way that we are gonna be able to then make this a bit more of an interactive session and really look at how we can help moving forward. Um, and thank you, it's great to see some familiar names returning, although we can't see you, but welcome and thank you. Um, and just be brave with us, please do jump into the chat. There is no such thing as a silly question. Everyone is at a different knowledge level with SEO and everyone's at a different cycle with it. Um, and talking of bravery, thank you to Henry for joining, because I know this is um, always difficult when we first jump in in an early morning session, uh, but as our SEO expert, there's pretty much nothing about SEO that Henry doesn't know, so it's a perfect guest, so thank you. That's all right, thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, well, we're going to kick off with uh, a bit of background about SEO, how we use it. Um, we're going to talk about all the different types of SEO, um, and then we will go into a bit about how we can then use that moving forward. One of the big things about today is we're probably going to avoid things like uh, we'll try and avoid jargon at all times. But if we say anything you don't understand, please do just ask. There is really no such thing as a silly question today. Um, we will probably avoid things like jargon busting and myth busting because there is so much of that that you can read on the Internet. The, the purpose of this is to really understand about how you can use SEO within your businesses. Um, so, Henry, welcome. You've been working at SEO for a really long time. Um, one thing I often find when we're talking about SEO is this difference between short-term strategies and long-term strategies and how SEO you know, will sit on the budget line for three to six months before you start to see um, a return. Um, and search is a very different mentality when we're approaching it. You know, People are literally searching for what you do and we need to make it easy for people to find us or our brands compared to other channels such as email, social, general content, you know, we're reaching out and trying to interrupt and inspire people to come to us. So it's a very different mentality. So kicking off um, with our first section, how do you find the best kind of SEO strategies that you're using at the moment? So, I mean, SEO is obviously quite a broad, broad spectrum and uh, the strategies you, you go into kind of depend on the industry and where the website that you're currently working on is at. So I often find that the best strategy is just to produce good content. Essentially, Google and other search engines are just looking to help their, their users out by putting the best content for a specific search as high as possible on their search engine. And I mean, I think the best kind of approach is to look first at how they actually go ahead and find the website and how they go and index them. So indexing is just them finding the website going through through the content and then putting in a big database. So we'll just maybe jump into that first. So that way, when I start speaking about certain elements, people can kind of 
understand how they how Google and other search engines have found them. So at first, Google um, will stick with Google because that's what most people will use, unless you're a weirdo who uses Bing. Yeah. Um, that, Jesse Owens, let's let's just tick the boxes for Google. Let's make Google happy. Exactly. Everything else falls in line. <laughs> so Google um, uses what's known as web crawlers or um, or bots, basically, and um, Google sends out these bots throughout the internet. And these jump from link to link, and whilst they're jumping on certain links, they go ahead and index everything on those web pages, those URLs. And from that, it then kind of decrypts the content on, on that page to understand what's actually on that page, the content-wise, um, how well it's structured, and how user-friendly it is. And it puts that for a big algorithm and then puts that in a database. So every time you go into Google and search something, let's say, Tigers, you'll get a million results found in 0.11 seconds. And that's how quickly Google has gone through its database and found X amount of terms that relate to tigers. So all we're trying to do with SEO is make our website appear at the top of that search term, not particularly for tigers, but for whatever your industry is. Um, so we then need to basically make our website as user-friendly as possible because Google is looking for answers to certain questions that and queries that people put into search engines. Awesome. We often find that um, talking to lots of different brands, there's a few different types of SEO. Um, the main two I think we should maybe run through because there is a different approach to how you do them with the physical website and the elements of that. And then there's what we put out within our content. Um, we should just touch on the differences between the two types. Yeah, so I mean, in, when you look at types of SEO, you typically talk about on-site and off-site. So on-site basically refers to everything that you have power over on your website. So that's the content that's on there, how user-friendly it is, how responsive it is, the various aspects that are gonna make your website what it is. And then the off-site is everything that you don't have direct control over, but you can kind of manipulate in a certain way in order to to bring it to benefit your website. So that's all off-site and that's basically websites linking to your website, um, social media, sort of everything that validates your website as a good website. Awesome. So I will just quickly share um, my screen because we just have a really simple slide that shows all the different elements of SEO that we can sort of run through. It just helps us with a bit of a visual. So let's Hopefully you can see our lovely little SEO brain here. Can you see this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can. <laughs> awesome. So we always look at um, everything of how we create these human moments and connections. And we always look at how this always interacts. And as you can see here, there's so many elements of SEO. Um, many times there's just one or two areas that are looked at properly. And it's really important that we cover all of these. Um, Henry, where do you want to start on, on, on our brain here? Which part we look at? Let's start with keywords, because most of the time you'll start with trying to understand what your users and what people who are using your website are going to be searching. And that's all about keywords. So do you want me to just jump in and kind of explain keywords and then go through the brain and just explain each kind of part and then people can jump in and ask questions as we go? Yeah, absolutely. I think keywords are such an important part of it because if that analysis and you haven't understood what people are actually searching for your business, your entire content strategy and website is really going to be off, off kilter. So I think starting here is really important. 
Yeah, I mean, so keywords is a very deep and interesting area and we could talk about this for hours and maybe not even make as much ground as we would if we just had a one-to-one -one and spoke spoke about things in detail. So that's where the questions could come in and make it a lot, a lot more simple for people. But keywords is essentially what a user is searching into Google, for example. So in the example I gave earlier about tigers, um, the user is searching tigers and that's the key keyword. So let's say tigers has uh, is searched 25,000 times per month. That is essentially 25,000 people per month that could come onto your website and become a customer, for example. So picking a good key keyword can really help benefit your traffic and essentially how much conversions you make as well. And obviously, this is marketing, so we're looking at conversions and return on investment. So we're trying to find good keywords that are going to benefit the user, but also bring in a return on your investment. Um, so let's jump on, let's stay with Tigers, for example. Tigers is quite a short tail term. So it means it's, it's very to the point, it's very direct, and it could bring in a whole spectrum of different areas. Mm -hmm. We could increase the length of that, of that term and make it more of a long tail key, keyword, but there's less competition and less searches, but it would be easier for a brand new website to rank for. So for example, if, if we search for where are tigers born, that could have 1,000 searches per month, but it would be an easier term to rank for. So it's all about trying to work out which terms are best for, your, for you as a business, uh, for you as a website, and for where your website currently is. So we don't want to jump into a super competitive term to start with that could bring loads and loads of traffic because it's going to take years to rank that high for it. So we go in low and slowly grow up to more competitive terms as we build authority. And we'll jump into what authority is a bit later as we move into the, the link building side and the site architecture. Yeah, awesome. I do find also when we start a keyword analysis or when we start to talk about brands on how do you think people search for you, they'll often start with the industry they're in. So it might be around sustainability or digitization or this is what we do. And actually there's always a slight disconnect I find with the what you do compared to how people find you. So how do we help people understand that a little bit more in maybe ch changing from one word search words, keywords to a search term that might be a question about how to do something? Yeah, okay, so when you look at something like that, people tend to have an idea of what someone would search in their industry. And sometimes that's perfectly correct, but other times it could be quite broad. So you mentioned their digitization. Um, that could be a very broad term. So just searching digitization could bring in other aspects, which would be different competition levels, which would be different people searching for different things. So you wouldn't really benefit from ranking for that term necessarily. So that's where the keyword research comes in to try and find exactly your industry, the specific terms that your user would search to kind of help rank for that. So we are getting some value from the terms because mm -hmm. otherwise you're kind of just ranking for things that are just going to make users bounce off your site. And there's really no reason for that. Yeah. Apart from annoying um, users. Exactly. I think just sticking on keywords for just a little bit longer, I think the it's also just as important to have an understanding of the keywords you need to go for, but also the negative keywords that you need to constantly update to make sure that you're not um, ranking for the, the wrong terms. Yeah, I mean, so in most situations, it can be quite difficult to rank for the wrong term unless your mm -hmm. content on your website is completely wrong. Because as I mentioned earlier, when Google comes in and indexes your website, they look for specific areas of the content that's classed as important text. 
um, which I'm sure we'll jump on in the content section a bit a bit more in-depthly. But essentially, mm -hmm. there's areas of which on each page that Google and other search engines would class as super important. That's heading text, the kind of the meta information, which isn't as important now, but still plays a pretty vital role in relevancy. And that's all we're kind of looking to do is add a relevancy. So if your website and this, and this content is super irrelevant to the terms that your users are searching, then you've kind of gone down the wrong path. Yeah, awesome. And we touched on um, content a bit there, so maybe we should uh, move on to the next stage of uh, the elements of content for SEO. Yeah, so um, content is something that is kind of the king of SEO. I mean, when I mentioned earlier about Google coming in and indexing things, they, they are looking for specific points on a page that they are looking for keywords. And you'll find that in the heading text. So um, you, you might have seen if you use WordPress or Wix or anything thing like that, you'll see H1, H2, and H3. And that just means heading one, heading two, and heading three. And it goes all the way down to heading six. And it kind of ranges in importancy as you go through the, the headings. So for example, your most important um, text is in heading one because Google sees that as the, the page title. So if your keywords or keyword isn't in that heading one, most likely Google will say, well, then it shouldn't really rank for that term because it's not fully relevant toward that term. So you kind of want to sprinkle in those keywords throughout the content and in those important areas just to add that relevancy that this page is focused on tigers, for example. Um, it is focused on tigers, so therefore it's worth ranking for that term. And that's where kind of blogging and website development, which again, we'll jump on a bit later, um, is so, so important. Because if you're, if you're just ranking for terms that, um, if you're trying to rank for those longer tail terms, you can't really rank a homepage, for example, for where Tiger's born. So you could do, produce a fantastic blog article on where Tigers are born, explain the different habitats they live in, and then that can start, start ranking in Britain, build traffic in, in your website that can then move around your website later and potentially convert into buying Tiger Tours, for example. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to answer there was a, a quick question in the Q&A. And yes, um, all of the uh, Live and Learn series are recorded. You can either listen to it on the Lively podcast or you can also watch the full Live and Learn video series. Um, you can find all of it on liveconsultancy.co.uk. And if there's any other questions where you don't feel comfortable in the chat, but you want to ask us, please just email us at charlotte at liveconsultancy.co.uk. Um, and appreciate people need to pop in and out with different school runs and whatnot. Um, awesome. Thank you, Henry. Beyond content, and content is obviously such a huge thing, what then is probably after, well, keywords I always find is a really part, key to the foundation of it, Content is almost that, that king, the top of it. What's next in that um, level of importance for SEO? So you basically, there, you've nailed your keywords and your content. So that's a lot of your on-site basically almost ticked off. I mean, you obviously need to work on these different aspects, but now we'll kind of jump onto the more off-site, which is that link building you see at the very top. And um, link building, we'll often refer to as backlinks. Backlinks will be a common term you'll see. And backlinks are things that we're trying to gain from other websites. So that's where the off-site comes in. So there's, um, there are three types of backlinks that you'll typically gain for your website. The natural links, and these are links that just come naturally to, to your website with no real effort or, or contact with that, that website. 
And then it's manual, which is when you go ahead and contact a website and try and bring links into your site. And there's self-created links, which are typically the dodgiest of all the links and can often be referred to as some kind of black hat, which black mm -hmm. hat is, in terms of Google, uh, illegal SEO, which is something to just stay clear of entirely. Um, so backlinks, we'll jump back to backlinks. Um, backlinks are all links that flow back into your website. So the reason that they're, they're important is because they add authority. We mentioned authority earlier in the keyword section. Um, and authority is something that we're trying to build up. Because Google mm -hmm. sees your website as a, as a, in terms of like a popularity contest. If you've got mm -hmm. lots of big websites all saying, linking back to your website, then they're saying basically those websites think your site's cool. And you want to be cool for Google because then you'll rank higher. What the hell of an analogy. <laughs> 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 but essentially, you're trying to be cool and you're trying to have lots of big websites link into your website. Mm -hmm. And those big, big, big websites typically have high authority. So they'll bring high authority to your website. If you have bad websites link, linking into yours, then you're now seen as uncool or a bad site. And then, then you'll plummet down the rankings. So mm -hmm. backlinks are super important because you're adding that authority aspect. So you could have all the relevant content and fantastic website, but if, but if you have no one else vouching for you, no, no websites linking into yours, then you won't rank as high as you could be. So it's a super important aspect. And also it's kind of, it's, it's quite difficult and it takes a lot of time so to build relationships with other websites and give them something to, a reason to link to your website. Definitely. Um, and is there any other like key tips on how people can create more um, links to their site? Yes, so there's a whole spectrum of ways and strategies to, to build links. And I often just find the best approach is give a website a reason to link to yours. Because there's no, I mean, most people on this, on this call have a website and they're not gonna take the time and effort to respond to someone's email and just link to, to the website because they've asked nicely. You want to give them a reason to link to yours. So let's say you produced a fantastic video, like the one we're doing right now. <laughs> um, that will then inspire another, another website to link into yours. So it just needs to have that value or else no one's going to do it. Yeah. And I suppose that's where like the partnerships, collaborations, working yeah. with others, especially product-based businesses, having those other suppliers, other products, other products that would work well with, other retailers, bringing them in. I think service-based industries, partners, um, looking at other people that you work with, <clears throat> um, and also ideally news articles as well. So, I mean, PR and news is, isn't you know where it used to be. It's a lot harder to get those articles now, but there's also a lot of smaller online um, media outlets that you can use and partner with. You can have opinion pieces with that are really per its purpose there is to get that link back so and I think the being aware of that link building also is such a key part of planning your content strategy and this is why everything interlinks so intricately because you know the keyword is the basis of what do we need to talk about and that needs to sit in everything we do as brands the content then needs to make sure that it's deep enough have enough word count make sure that we've got um, it's in the right channels it's linking back and then all of those topics link back in to the website. Um, so this is really helpful. And it's just so important to have all three areas all working um, hand in hand. I mean, essentially they all work in unison to, to make your website more powerful in terms of Google. 
So, I mean, the content is super important. I mean, I work very close, close, closely with content writers because I know that they're, uh, you need to be producing fantastic and in-depth blogs that are based on keywords. Yeah. I mean, blogs can be quite, quite easy to write about. I mean, you could essentially go on a tool like Google Keyword Planner and find a bunch of questions within your, your industry, even if they have only 10 searches per month. That could be a very valuable tool for a user who finds it. And that could then make them come and convert on your website. So you can ask answer a question. If that question is also super good, then you could gain a, a natural backlink from another website. And that's where we just try and focus on that good content. Yeah, excellent. So what's next in the priority list of uh, of SEO? So um, I would then say let's jump towards the web development side, because this this will kind of jump into the more nitty gritty of your website needs to be good because no one's going to want to jump on a website that's slow, that isn't very focused, that, um, that isn't user-friendly. I mean, that we have a user-focused design and that's going to be more focused on the responsiveness, but I'm just going to try and stay on the web development side where I'll mention meta information, images and web speeds and other aspects, which I probably won't get too much into just because they'll get a bit too long. But so let's stay with web development. And um, when you're looking at, at your website you need to be constantly developing it N no website that stands still and doesn't update or doesn't change will rank well for a long period of time so you need to make sure that your meta information which kind of links in with content and key keywords is all there so that's meta information is what you actually see on google so if you search in tigers you'll you'll you have the meta title which is m most likely going to be focused on tigers with, a, in, with information and then the website um, name. And then you have the website description, which is 140 characters of content that's focused on what is actually on that page. So that's quite important in terms of the development side. And then also the speed. So your website needs to have images and potentially videos, but these all need to be quite fast and compressed. So for example, if you're hosting a video on your website, I'd recommend hosting on a different um, server so it's faster because the faster your website is, the more user-friendly it is, and that's what Google's after. Yeah, awesome. Um, so just popping back over to keywords, actually, because Anne's just posted a really good question. So on WordPress, is H1 naturally the headline, or should it be in the body of an article? So it depends on your theme. So for example, um, I mean, Good example here but uh, it depends on your theme so there's a way to test it and if you're on google chrome you can inspect um your page and um, so you, you you can right click and inspect your page and then you'll suddenly have a pop-up with loads of code looking things but if you right click over what is naturally produced and, in, and inspect it you'll see in that governance at, at the bottom or say h1 or h2 most likely um so it, most themes do naturally have it so that h1 forms from when you type in the page title, but just check and make sure and only have one H1 per page because you can't have two of the highest important text in the page because Google wouldn't know what to, what is the most important one at that point. Well, yeah, and we often find when uploading content onto um, a, a blog article in WordPress, that you would always want that term in heading one, but for, also for it to rank high, you'd also want that in the body of the text too. Um, we often find that you really need to have it in that first paragraph as well as maybe up to 10% in your body copy. 
Yeah, around that, I mean, I would typically, I would focus on the important areas. So make sure it's in that H1, make sure it's in that first paragraph and make sure it's sprinkled in the other headers throughout the page as well. And then in that paragraph text on those pages, because you can't just have it as one point because it doesn't fully confirm that it's relevant towards that page unless it sees it in the actual content, unless it explains the various features of that particular topic. Because yeah. Google's indexing tools are incredibly clever that you wouldn't even realize um, to which extent they are. So they can read the content and they can see how difficult it is to read. So you need to write to a very basic level. I mean, the average re reading age in the UK is, a 12, is for a 12 year old. So Google, Google understands this and wants its content to be very user-friendly, easy to read, short sentences, avoid passive voice, all about just making it as easy to read as possible for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I just wanted to check the chat function because when you share your screen, you can't see it just to make sure we haven't right. missed anything. I'll just bring this back up. Cool. Okay. So we were on web right. development. Where do we need to go next to finish off our so let's go, because I mean, the next ones like competitor analysis, traffic analysis, conversion performance and rankings all kind of the very end, that's where we're kind of trying to work out how successful we've been. So let's just jump on the site architecture, which we'll kind of blow through quite quickly. Um, so site architecture, as mentioned before, Google sends out those, those bots, those bots can index web pages, and you basically want to make that bot life as easy as possible. So when it comes onto your website, you don't want it to go, where do I go? So include links on, on pages that refer to other pages that's relevant, make the menu system easy, add a site, site map if needed, but just make it as easy as possible for a bot to come and jump off each web of each web URL, each web page, so it can index everything and send it to, to that big database. Awesome. Super easy that one. <laughs> Excellent. Is there anything that people can do within their site? So a bit of like web development, site architecture. Um, is there anything that there are sort of standard things that people can have a look at to see how well their website is currently performing? So <clears throat> if it's not something that people that are watching or listening do very often, what would be one of the first things they could do to have a check and audit their site? Yeah, I mean, so there's plenty of tools out there that offer free versions that they can just check one website and see how well they're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I use a software called SEMrush or SEMrush, mm -hmm. um, and that's a fantastic software and they do offer a free version if you, if you just want to check out one, one website. So for that, you just simply insert your URL, your website domain name, um, and it will give you a whole host of information where you're currently rankings, um, how many backlinks you have, and it will, if you go to certain ones, like the Neil Patrick one, I think it's called, um, you'll also then get a report of how decent it sees your actual website, that single web page. So how fast is it? How relevant is it to certain keywords? How many backlinks that specific page has? It'll break all, all that down and you can take, take that away. You can then go and try and improve and optimize your website. Awesome. Um... I'm conscious of um, time and I just want us to cover maybe just another five minutes on wrapping up the key parts of SEO. Um, it'd be great if there are any other questions, do pop them in the Q&A um, and we can make sure that we 
talk about them for industry specific issues or concerns that people are having. Um, I think also it would be worth having a chat about things like that. So as, as us, what like in our world, we're working digital agency, we work in SEO and we work in you know a really high competitive market and we're in a very high competitive market against other experts that also know what they're doing. So if you have all the foundations right, you've done all these, you've done the basics, what else can we be doing in very high competitive markets to make us stand out to get onto the first page of Google? I mean, so that all comes around to your key, your key keywords you've chosen. So let's say your website is already fantastic. You've got a whole host of backlinks and the website is seen really fast and efficient, but you're not ranking. So you could step back and say, well, why am I not ranking? And most of the time it's because you're trying to rank for two competitive keywords. So if you're, let's say you're a tiny shop selling Tiger toys and you're, you're competing against Leicester Tigers, you're going to struggle because they'll naturally have so many more backlinks and so much more authority than you would. So you need to step back and say, okay, well, let's find a less competitive term that we can, we can rank for as soon as possible. So we'll focus on a specific term. We'll focus our pages all around that. We'll gain backlinks from that page. And then once we've gained that authority to almost match us with that top ranking site, we can slowly build up to those more, more competitive, competitive terms. And that's where the strategy comes in to understand that's not a quick, simple win. You have to understand where you are at the moment and then the steps you need to take in order to increase to that more competitive and more highly searched rankings. I mean, there's also a whole spectrum of other areas such as buying terms and, and informational terms that all could bring out more value and more competition. So even if a term has more search volume, it could be less competitive because the actual value of that term is less. So for example, buy tiger toys would be a very conversional term when where a tiger is born is very in, informational so you're less likely to convert off that term of the informational term than you are the buying term yeah absolutely um i think one other area for us would be worth touching on is the i've mentioned this before where you know seo will sit in your budget line three to six months before you see return on investment um it's something that needs to sit in there throughout your business or your brand's journey because even when you've got the basics there's a constant flow of information it's it's a constant strategy that needs to improve upon it works so differently from other channels like ppc or paid social where you have big campaigns or big influxes of return it's a steady measure um and, you know, and this can vary between you know 500 to 1500 pounds a month in that budget and larger brands will have people dedicated in-house you know just for this role so for SMEs uh, that are starting to look at this how do how do you then prove that return on investment what are the right measures in place for people to get that return um, and what does that that journey look like beyond those three to six months where you've created those foundations and now starting to look at that steady growth? Yeah, so that then brings in those other areas. I mean, we can kind of skip out the user focus design and competitor traffic analysis, but we can focus on the conversion performance and ranking reports. So after about three months, you'll start ranking quite highly for those smaller, lesser search terms. Mm -hmm. um, and that's again, just the building blocks. So we're going to farm, farm that point. Once, once we've mastered those search terms, we can then start pushing towards those more competitive terms that we know are going to bring in those sales. 
And that's where the conversion performance comes in. Because once we can essentially reach more competitive terms, we can then focus on those conversion terms we mentioned earlier. And um, once we're ranking for those, then we're more like life, life likely to convert. We can use tools like Google App Analytics. And if you're using, for example, WordPress, Shopify, or Wix, for example, they all have um, source matrices that basically tell you where those sales have come from. So we can all track it from that and we can see how much more, how much value we're gaining from the actual SEO project. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think we've covered everything on our list. Is there anything else we need to go through? It's like a key takeaway. I mean, we could go into competitor and traffic analysis, but that's just basically looking at your competition, what they're doing, learn from that, learn from their mistakes to make your website better. But that's more and kind of a more in-depth project chat. And then the user focus design is basically just making your your website responsive for for um, for most things um, and um, making sure it's just easy to use. It's all about that user focused design. Yeah, excellent. Okay, brilliant. It's been very informative. I think there's a few other questions that I'm seeing on messages, but um, if there are any other questions, please do get in contact with us. And um, there is so many spin-offs of this. I think we almost need to dig a bit deeper just into like keywords and contents in a, in a separate session. Um, so thank you, Henry, and thanks for all the questions. And we'll get back to everyone that's messaged privately. Um, next week, I'm going to be joined back by Stacey, and we're going to be talking about social metrics and digital metrics in general, and how we are all manacle about them. But actually, the real key to this is not looking too far into vanity metrics, um, and really focusing on what do we really need to look at moving into 2021. So thank you, Henry. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And for those that are listening on the podcast and live and learn series, thank you for taking the time. Please do share any questions or comments with us at, at Live Consultancy on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and we'll see you at the same time next week for our Manacle About Metrics session. So thanks, everyone, and see you all very soon. <laughs>